Hey there, pilgrims. Hope you're ready for your weekly dose. We've got another disruptive trio of startups to cover. Yep. First up, you'll hear about Terminal Industries, which just emerged from stealth mode, announcing their $17 million seed round co-led by 8VC and Prologis Ventures, the venture arm of the global leader in logistics real estate. Next, we break down better. Jake Paul's sports betting and sports media company hot off their $35 million Series A2 funding round, putting them at a $300 million pre-money valuation. And lastly, we close out this week's dose with No Traffic, an Israeli-based AI-powered traffic management platform that's tackling traffic congestion and enhancing road safety. The company recently secured a $50 million Series B led by M&G Investments. Yeah, certainly another fun dose in the books this week, and away we go. Here we go. Is he here, kid? You gotta just go for it. Don't think about what comes after or what came before. You just gotta bend your knees, take a deep breath, and jump. This is Venture Pill, your weekly dose of startups and venture capital. We break down recent startups in the news and interview founders and investors to help you stay informed in the evolving world of venture. All right, for the first company this week's dose, we're going to cover Terminal Industries, uh, which just emerged from stealth mode out of Austin with the announcement of their $17 million seed round co-led by 8VC and Prologis Ventures. As we previously mentioned, Prologis Ventures being the venture arm of the global leader in logistics real estate, which makes sense as you'll hear about what Terminal does. The round also included participation from some big corporate strategics, NFI Ventures, Rider Ventures, to name a couple, as well as other VC firms rounding out the cap table on this round. Right. And so Terminal Industries is a startup that's using machine learning to help yard operators optimize their operations. So one would naturally ask, what is a yard? Well, according to 8VC in their very well-written article that we'll link in the show notes, the yard is one of the last great frontiers of untapped value in transportation. $10 trillion in goods are transported by trailer per year, of which 80% are parked at manufacturing plants or warehouse yards, and there are about 140,000 of them in total. Not to mention 92% of these sites lack any sort of technology, relying mostly on manual tracking systems. Think whiteboards, paper systems, which is just crazy to think. That's but, crazy. Uh, you know, also at the same time, not surprising. Um, this means a lot of hidden costs can multiply quickly. We're talking about excessive truck wait times, chassis downtime, unplanned maintenance, unwanted fees, among many other inefficiencies that just continue to grow with this lack of, I would say, sophisticated tracking. Right. That's a list that can continue to grow and compound over time for sure. So that's why Terminal is actually looking to bring the yard into the 21st century here by combining best-in-class machine learning with analytical metadata to provide operators with unprecedented visibility into their businesses. And this visibility allows operators to optimize individual sites, understand holistic and local performance trends, iterate on process improvements, and also implement best practices across their network. 
Yeah, just making all these elements of the process more efficient in a lot of different ways. So a little bit more on their platform. They use data from a variety of sources, including sensors, cameras, as well as weather data. So they're tracking the location of trailers, the status of loads, performance of yard operations more broadly. Um, and they're generating insights that help operators identify areas to improve upon. Quick example would be the platform can identify trailers that are spending too much time in the yard or even loads that are just not being processed efficiently enough. Right. It feels like an area that's ripe with opportunities for improvement. A little bit on the origin story here. The company was founded by CEO Max Constant and CTO Neil Robertson, who have already scaled two venture-backed AI companies together, so they've got good experience. In addition to the full-time team, Terminal has assembled an all-star team of advisors, which include former executive vice presidents at companies like Walmart and UPS. And so the team, advisors, investors, and market opportunity all combined to make a great recipe for Terminal to grow quickly, one could even say at terminal velocity. Terminal and so, velocity, you read my <laughs> mind, partner. <laughs> and uh, one more thing we want to highlight here is that this is actually an Austin-based team. So we are excited to see this company grow and continue to make waves and disrupt. Yeah, I think it warrants a quick shout out as well to one of our good buddies, a friend of the pod, Tom Smith. Tom is in the Air Force and part of the program he's in is this year-long uh, work position with 8VC. So he's actually moved back to Austin and we went to school together. So it's good to have him back, just getting back uh -huh. settled. And he'll be working with the 8VC team, soaking up as much as he can. Uh, I'll be excited to talk to him about this one for sure. Likewise. And, and so I don't know that we made this clear at the beginning, but it seems as though they actually kind of helped co-found the business. So it's kind of this really cool grassroots partnership where I think they're going to be a little bit more hands-on and we know 8VC is a well-respected firm ac across the country and the world. So really awesome recipe, as you said. We'll, we'll be definitely, you know, we keep tabs on every company, uh, as, as the Pilgrims well know. But uh, the tabs will be extra well-kept um, on Terminal. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, no, excited to connect with Tommy and the rest of the team at large at 8VC. And, and yeah, maybe, maybe get them on the show. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and for our second company of this week's dose, we've got the all-popular in the sports betting world and the world of YouTube, Better, spelled B-E-T-R. It's a Miami-based sports betting and a sports media company which just raised $35 million for their Series A2 at a $300 million pre-money valuation. The round was co-led by Roger Ehrenberg via IA Sports Ventures and Eberg Capital as well as Fuel Venture Capital. Now, this round was announced several weeks back at this point, so still within that range that we wanted to give it a spot here on this week's dose. Yeah, I think we're good. I think we squeezed into the window there in the timeline. Yeah. <laughs> and so a little bit more on Better. It was started by the famous, infamous to some YouTube star, Jake Paul, and his co-founder, Joey Levy. And so Better Gaming began with a micro-betting-only product which is essentially a product where people can bet on individual plays and events, like in football, betting on a pass or a rush on the next play, or even the outcome of the next pitch in baseball. Really, these micro moments to bet on within a sports game. 
Yeah, and I think this just capitalizes on the new generation and short attention spans with the with the growth and popularity of short form video and just immediate gratification, right? So it goes really well along with that trend uh, mm -hmm. for the younger generation getting into sports betting. Really cool kind of initial beachhead strategy there, but they have plans to expand beyond that just micro betting. Uh, that includes adding additional markets with full sportsbook capabilities as well. Uh, they're currently licensed and live in both Ohio and Massachusetts with plans to launch soon in the state of Virginia, as well as hopes to expand to Indiana and some other states that will be announced here soon. And in addition to their gaming and betting division, they're also growing their media arm quite quickly. So they've got the fastest growing sports betting media brand in the United States, already surpassing 1.3 billion impressions on social media in its first 10 months, just probably a couple hundred thousand more impressions than we've amassed here at Venture Pill. Um, but yeah, not kind of not, like... <laughs> didn't beat us by much. <laughs> well, yeah, we're not a sports betting media brand, so true, that's the difference. True, that's here. why. Yeah. yeah, but I think that that just highlights kind of what you mentioned on playing off the younger generation's instant gratification, shorter attention spends, uh, kind of this feels like TikTok sports betting, not to talk down, uh, you know, on better, obviously, but that's a lot of impressions in a very short time. So I'm sure that their social media team has their target market and are you know, doing a good job of getting better gaming in front of their faces. Yeah, they're dialed in. They're laser focused on original short form content. So here's, a, here's an interesting stat. Over 20% of Better Media's estimated Ohio audience is already converting to real money gaming customers for better gaming. So it's this nice symbiotic relationship. We love a good symbiotic relationship. We do. Of course, you go back to <laughs> episode like 60-something. We talked about the whale and the barnacle. Of course. Um, this is more like two dolphins just swimming around each other and hopping out. <laughs> I love it. We we could, we shouldn't we shouldn't ever go more than 10 15 episodes without some barnacle banter, a little bit of symb symbiotic chatter. Um, but furthermore on better media, so they're driving low to no cost of acquiring a customer for better gaming, positioning the company to have the best unit economics in the online sports betting and iGaming markets, which is projected to reach a light 40 billion dollars in the United States and 150 billion dollars globally. By 2030, only about seven years away. Yeah, a massive market and an ever-evolving, growing one at that. The competition is fierce, though. You've got big market leaders like DraftKings and FanDuel, probably the, the two that come to mind for most um, dominating market share. You've also got a lot of the other, I would say, Vegas-style casino brands getting in on the action and, and starting to earn that uh that, that regulatory approval in, in each state. As more states as well, I think that's part of the trend worth noting is more states are legalizing sports gambling, uh, online sports gambling. So all of this means a, a super competitive space with a lot of big players. Yeah, you, you mentioning those incumbents has me resisting every urge right now to not say down with big betting. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's just like you mentioned, a little too competitive of a competition there. You know, there are some bigger players that you highlighted, but everyone seems to be getting in on the fun here. And I think the, the market is big enough that everyone can get, you know, a little bit of a slice of the pie. Uh, and on that note, we should give a special consideration to Barstool, which has certainly at least to our demographic perfected the content game and has grown its sports books significantly over the past couple of years with a similar approach, pairing their media with their sports book, 
uh, you know, going state by state. They, I think they're available in just about every state that those big guys like DraftKings and mm -hmm. FanDuel are at this point. Uh, one thing worth noting is that Barstool might be geared, at least, you know, for you and I, we love Barstool Sports and it feels like their content is perfect for us. I think Jake Paul gives better gaming access to a different demographic. There might be some overlap for sure, but I think Jake Paul is skewed a little bit more towards the TikTok Gen Z generation that we have kind of touched on their trends earlier. Yeah. As you said, I think there's room for different players. Um, they're definitely going to be competitors with a very similar approach, but I like what I like what they're doing, at least with the micro betting thing. That was pretty innovative, right? Uh, capitalizing on a new on a new mm -hmm. sector within, you know, something that really hadn't hadn't been executed very well yet. I don't think I hadn't tried it or really know anybody that that tried it out, but I could see that being pretty addicting for people, which is a whole different, you know, set of topics that we could get into the ethics of of sports betting and making it so readily available and these micro events that can get dangerous pretty quickly. Um, so call 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a <laughs> yeah. problem. I was, I was about to say, I just got a, a, something in my earpiece from the VenturePill compliance team saying, please gamble <laughs> responsibly, 18 plus only. <laughs> but one other thing here that I want to touch on, and this is top of mind because I just re-listened to Dose 77. Certainly recommend everyone go listen to that if you haven't already or give it a re-listen. But we were talking about Kim Kardashian and how she has helped shape Skims into this massive brand, right? They had a $270 million Series C. I'd say there's levels to this. I don't think Jake Paul is quite at the Kim Kardashian global icon. Everything they touch goes to gold, but he's certainly getting there. And something that comes to mind is that prime sports drink, right? That's taking mm -hmm. over the sports drink market, the, you know, the Gatorades, the Powerades of the world. They're losing some market share to prime and certainly amongst the younger generations. And so I think Jake Paul's got a little bit of that Midas touch as well, where he's got such a big brand and following that anything he publicly endorses or is behind is going to naturally get hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers and impressions and driving money into the door. Yeah. I mean, you got to respect them to a certain extent, you know, in a similar way to, to Kim. They're, they're building their empire. They're capitalizing on their brand. And it's just a flywheel effect of, of the empires that they've built. So really impressive at the end of the day and uh, a cool company uh, all together. So we'll, we'll be excited to see maybe an acquisition in their future. That would ha that's what happened to Barstool. So they got acquired right. by Penn National Gaming, one of, the, one of the big casino companies, a public company. So uh, maybe that's in their future. We'll see. It's true. Could be in the cards. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I noticed you also said uh, that Kim was something around shaping. Mm. What did you say? That one was that, that one was unintentional. Yeah. Sometimes it just happens when you're that good. Yeah, when you're on, you're on. But in, in the cards was uh, just my genius mind really thinking. Mm -hmm. Step mm -hmm. ahead. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> That's enough. You're done. <laughs> you're done. Okay. And to close out this week's dose, our third company, we have AI powered traffic management platform called No Traffic, pretty self-explanatory name, which just secured a $50 million Series B to tackle traffic congestion and enhance road safety, something everybody can get behind. The oh, yeah. round was led by MNG Investments with participation from VNV Global, UMC Capital, and a whole slew of existing investors. 
The goal for this Tel Aviv-based startup is to bring traffic lights into the 21st century. Yeah, a, a technology that really hasn't changed too much, at least uh, to what immediately meets the eye, right? They kind of look the mm -hmm. same as they've always looked. So most traffic intersections run on timers, but the technology exists today for a more sophisticated solution. So no traffic's combined hardware-software solution turns intersections into smart intersections that can manage traffic flows based on data collected in real time. So a little bit more on how it works. Their solution involves installing smart sensors with V2X, or vehicle-to-everything, chips onto existing infrastructure at intersections, conflict points, or complex roadways. Yeah, this is incredibly interesting. The data from both the sensors as well as from connected and autonomous vehicles on the road fuse to form a complete traffic picture that captures the movement of cars, bikes, buses, pedestrians, anything else that might be out there on the road. Then, using edge computing, the system can determine things like which path each car will take and how that will impact the next intersection, and then that helps make decisions about how to stimulate traffic flow. And all of that information is then sent to its AI-powered cloud platform to synchronize each intersection so that the grid as a whole can react to real-time road conditions and give transportation departments an eagle-eye view of their roads. Incredible stuff. Yeah, I mean, I love this. Like, no traffic's tech can also help prevent road accidents. So the same sensors that help manage the intersection's traffic can also detect when a car might run a red light or even when a pedestrian might step onto the street, it can then alert an approaching connected car with limited visibility to slow down and avoid a collision. So taking smart intersection and putting it into the real world, it's awesome to think that, you know, the cars can be more connected. We've seen a lot of innovation with cars and smart, you know, smarter cars with self-driving. And I'm sure as that trend continues, we're going to need smarter traffic systems as well that can communicate and ultimately make the whole grid a much safer place to travel on. Yeah, no, totally. And again, alleviating traffic, preventing road accidents, there's nothing to complain about here. Those are both massive no. issues that could, you know, are ripe for disruption in a good way. So we love what no traffic is doing here. And apparently so does the public because they've got some pretty good traction that we wanted to highlight. So they've seen some serious growth since their Series A back in July of 2021. Back then, the startup only had a handful of U.S. cities under its belt. However, jump forward to today, and the startup has signed on its 100th Department of Transportation customer in North America and is currently operating in 13 states, including California, Texas, Arizona, and Pennsylvania. Yeah, and so plans moving forward, this influx of capital will help no traffic expand its offering to cities beyond traffic intersection management and into a more holistic solution that improves both road safety and traffic flow across cities. They're also looking to expand into other continents and countries, Europe and Japan specifically, with an eye towards doubling its geographical footprint in 2023. A big lofty goal there, but I imagine as they kind of gathered more data, they prove this thing works. They can show tangible outcomes in, in better traffic and less accidents. It's really a no-brainer for, for a Department of Transportation. That's exactly what they're trying to do. Yeah, well said. And obviously traffic and road collisions are a problem that plagues every city across the world. So certainly a big market in Europe and Japan. I imagine, like you said, they'll want to see a little more data. One other thing that we just wanted to talk about here, since we're officially, you know, Israeli venture capital scene experts, 
is that this <laughs> reminds us of ways and we have no info here, but the potential for an acquisition by ways or a ways type of company definitely seems possible. And it's just another Israeli based startup that's innovating traffic and navigation, which is exactly what Waze does. And I love Waze personally. That's that's my go to navigation. Yeah. Yeah. Waze innovated in a space that was dominated by giants. Right. And they, yep. they carved out a nice little space, one of the biggest Israeli success stories in, in the world of venture capital and startups. And mm -hmm. it is an obvious comparison and a connection to to make. Uh, I think it only makes sense that an acquisition could be in the future, if not just a partnership. But awesome to see, you know, we, we love we love the Israeli companies here and there. We're referring to E65, which was our interview with Ben Topol, um, an Israeli venture capitalist. And he really broke down the whole ecosystem there. It was fascinating. Recommend listening to that one if you haven't already. But a great company here nonetheless. And a great way to wrap up this week's dose. Uh, another yeah. great trio for us today. And uh, as we head out of the, the hot summer months, we're going to be really hitting the ground running here soon as Brandon and I will both be back in Austin. Uh, so we, we appreciate you riding out this summer with us and, and uh, we're going to finish this year strong. Looking forward to it. Yep. Another episode well navigated by the two of us and uh, safe to say we have reached our destination. <laughs> yep. Just how we like it. Uh, as Sam said, hope everyone, hope everyone has had a great summer. Thank you for sticking it out with us. As always, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this week's dose and we'll be right back at it next week. You know where to find us. See y'all next time. Until next time, partner. <laughs> Over and out. Copy 10-4. <laughs>